Hey everyone, So So Scrutiny Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Main, and I got my co-host over there, Corey Stocks. Man, I hate being stuck in California gridlocks. <laughs> That's a good one. Like traffic. Because it's true. It really does suck. I, I was thinking about <clears throat> naming a, a specific freeway, but there's gridlock in all of them. They're all, they all yeah. suck. 405, the five, they all suck. 91 um, is the lamest. <laughs> See, everyone has their own opinion. Um, what's up, bud? How you been? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing, I'm hanging in there, you know. It's been a rough weekend for Americans in general, and mm-hmm. um, a lot of bad stuff has been going on, and uh, hopefully this podcast kind of lets you forget about all that. We don't like talking too much politics on here, but, you know, we have to, you know, that's definitely acknowledged yeah but uh hopefully we'll uh you know distract you for about an hour um today we're going to be reviewing four things today so that's even more stuff and then uh cory and i are going to be talking about our favorite instruments growing up um as kids in high school even now um and then our dream instruments that we'd we've always wanted um so we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, what's been up? What's what's going on with you this week, man? School? Well, no? What about a week left or so? Yeah, we got about a week and a half. I know Liz is done this week, so she has about four more days. I have a week and about four days. Um, almost over. Yeah, that almost over. And then I got my Google Level Two certification. Hey yo. Oh. Um, test and. I have got that level now. The only, the next step would be Google certified trainer, which would just be mean. I could kind of share tools and resources with teachers. And then, and and then also collect Pokemon too. Is that a, also yeah. a trainer? It's a, yeah, I get badges too. So that's nice. pretty cool. And now you're doing, you're doing, I know you do a little bit for the, po- or for the kids, but you're mostly doing it for the podcast, right? You're not. Yeah, dude. Whole, screw the kids. Like, why do I, why it's, do the it's kids? It's beneficial, <laughs> but it's all for the podcast because we're definitely using it. He, uh, him and Liz made a really cool scrutiny scale. Uh, what would you call it? Mr. It's, Trainer? it's a, it's a, um, it's kind of a, it's a Google sheets. So it's like a spreadsheet, but yeah, it's, so. you can, it's, cl- it's all clickable. So you can like click the rating scales and stuff and give it different scales based on that. And then it adds it up for you. So us, you know, ruffians who don't really know their math can, I'm just kidding. We, we do the math all the <laughs> I, time, but yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but now this computer does it for us. Yeah, for sure. So this we can be even lazier. This is the first time I was. Uh, I've been. I've been. I, I've used it. I used it for the CD and the movie I watched. Movies I watched. Um, but yeah, really just, helpful. Yeah, I've been hanging out home. Not too much. I had a really fun trivia day with my English, my British family. My nana's from England, so about once a week we hop on the Zoom and uh, do a trivia with them. And whoever wins that week gets the host the following week and they make up all the, uh, all the uh, questions and stuff. And it's, it's a good time. Um, do you get, do you ever like learn new oh yeah like phrases from them like oh oh yeah she Bob's your uncle. One of Did them ever say that. Yeah. One of them today, <laughs> one of the categories was all the answers to the riddles were, um, words that English British and Americans like say different like lift and elevator and one they have a weird word for eggplant and i what? I, I yeah i'd never even heard of it let's see what is 
the <laughs> what's the word for eggplant? Very curious. It could be one of those aubergine. Aubergine. Oh, aubergine. Aubergine. Yeah, that's also an dude. There's a beautiful "Me Without You" song called Aubergine. I, oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, I've never never even heard that word before. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but, yeah, um, just doing that, and then yesterday, um, right, right now I'm at my mom's house, not at my my house with my nana, because um, yesterday I was doing a podcast with my cousin Ashley, who's been on this podcast, and we're starting her new one called "What's Your Position" podcast, where it's a kind of sex ed slash life ed um, kind of podcast where she's going to sit down with people in certain areas of sex and of uh, addiction and mental you know, stuff. And, um, but then she's, she's so bright. She's got like her master's. I, she's basically a PhD in my eyes. She's, she's Dr. Weller in, in my heart, but, uh, she's super smart. So she's going to bring a bunch of trivia and not trivia, but facts. That's actually, that's her main thing is bringing facts. Cause she loves, yeah. she loves stats and facts. So we did that yesterday with my mom. Cause she's got, um, a good history of uh, addiction and mental problems, but she's she's doing great now. She's super sober, quit cigarettes, and the, the uh, her her meds are doing great. So she's she's doing great, but she has a great story, and so those uh, episodes will be coming out pretty soon. And um, yeah, that's about it. Just been hanging out pretty much. Super rad. Yeah, we uh, same similar thing. Like I just it's there's been so much going on that like I've kind of shut like the, you know, the media off a little bit, like social media and stuff, just cause it's like, it, it's really frustrating. And, um, you know, that, that has helped a bit because it allowed me and Liz to like reconnect and like kind of talk about stuff in a more educated way, you know? Um, that's important, which is nice. Yeah. And just how we can be loving to everybody, regardless of who they are, where they come from. Um, is important so absolutely um yeah uh, anyway yeah th- that and listening to a lot of music because we got go. this like cool shower speaker Ooh, um, i used to, i I, yeah. I used to when i lived with my mom here i used to uh had a, like a, a stereo in there and i would rock out during showers but nana doesn't really like me playing music in the shower but i usually just put my uh my phone up on the rail and watch the office, which is my background right now on zoom. <laughs> yeah. It's super cool. It's like, I got, a, I got Scott's tots behind me. The whole interactive. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't I, didn't you say you did something with that? Like I, you put, I took out, you edit? I edited out the rest of the storyline of that episode where Jim and Dwight are doing the, uh, employee of the month award. And just, so it's only Scott's tots parts. <laughs> so awkward. That'd be the most uncomfortable thing to watch. I think it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Yeah. Uh, let's mention our unofficial sponsors today. I've got a couple. What are you drinking over there, Corey? I'm drinking the same as usual bones coffee. Um, I really, really dig the, you know, the coffee they make. Um, there's been a couple I've had my eye on, but since I bought so much bones coffee, I'm like going through it and getting a little taste of everything right now. I'm drinking the maple bacon, which mm-hmm. is really good. Tastes kind of pancakey. Now I ordered. I'm curious. Oh, is, go that, ahead. is that vegan? Uh, yes, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen anything on it that says 
Yeah. Anything I'm, otherwise? I'm curious because it says bacon in it. I hope. <laughs> I don't know if they put like bacon in their bur- like how they. I don't even know how they do the coffee stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. Get Maybe the flavor in there somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Just curious. For it you, is but. probably fl- probably flavoring. I didn't check. That's a good idea. I should probably check. Um, <laughs> There's probably a few, few, like like, there's like French vanilla. There's probably a few flavors that might have like dairy or products or something in it. I mean, yeah. I don't know how, but I don't know how usually flavors in there. Yeah. Usually I'll like, I'll feel like ass after I eat stuff like that because Uh, my body knows when it hit, you know, when it hits. But, um, I, I, I got coconut rum was the one I ordered. And then I also got ordered French toast. So I have those two closed, sealed, ready to go. I, you, you ordered them from, the, from their actual website, right? Yeah. Support their, I mean, I yeah, Amazon's cool, but yeah, they get real, all the, you know, I realized after I ordered it, I was like, damn it. You know what? I should have went to just the bones website. Um, but I got some too. Um, I wanted to get French vanilla or, uh, the French toast one, but they didn't have it on Amazon, but I did get the, uh, um, highly voltage one, the super caffeinated one, and then oh, salted, yeah. salted caramel. And then the Jamaica one, what's it? Do you know what that one's called? It's Is probably it, like Jamaican me something. Crazy, Jamaican me it's crazy or something like that. Something yeah. like that. And it's apparently Jamaican flavored, but I have those coming with me too. But I'm drinking some iced tea today. It's the other unofficial sponsor. Tea Hava. I like Tea Hava. It tastes like dirt and I love it. None of that shit, none of that sweet tea shit putting sugar in your iced tea. That's gross. Iced tea should only have ice and lemon. That's it. I lo- yeah, and the earthiness of it is really tasty too. It's refreshing. Sweet tea is basically soda without carbonation. It's gross. Oh yeah, really gross. You know, in Amsterdam, um, I went to McDonald's out there and asked for an iced tea because McDonald's makes not a bad iced tea, and they gave it to me and I started drinking it and it was carbonated and it almost tasted like like when the Coke. Uh, syrup goes out, you know, there's only a little bit coming out. There's a lot of oh, like the, like the carbonate carbon, yeah, but there's still a little bit of syrup in there. And it was like, Oh, they probably just don't know the box is out. So I went up, I was like, Hey, I think your soda or your thing is out. And I was, I was also thinking like, it's a fountain, like your, your iced teas on a fountain. And she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry about that. So she made me a new one and it tasted the same. And I was like, this tastes the same. I don't know what's going on. The iced tea should not be carbonated. And she's like, yeah, it is. I was like, what, what? Out here, iced tea is carbonated. Where? In Amsterdam. At the Amsterdam. McDonald's. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. It, was really, it was really gross. I love seltzers and iced tea, but them together do not taste good. <laughs> well, yeah, I could I could imagine like you'd have to get used to that flavor. That's not something that's very common. Um, so yeah, Bones Coffee, Tea Hava, go get it. Yeah, uh, delicious. Let's get into the scrutiny. Um, why don't you go first, Corey? Why don't you do your uh, CD? What'd you do? All right. So um, I've heard of this band a long time ago when I was younger and I was in, you know, all the hardcore bands I used to be in. Um, they're called Asking Alexandria. Um, and I only knew about their first record, the one where they, you know, screamy metal chord type thing. Um, but they released a new record on May 15th, so not too long ago. Um, and it's called Like a House on Fire. It was uh, produced by Matt Good. Matt Good has done, like, from first to last, he did, um, let's see, what else did he do? He did Bless the Fall, if you know Bless the Fall. Drugs. 
Well, he yeah, was like true. he was in drugs. Yeah. Um, the band drugs, not only well, probably does drugs, but club <laughs> drugs. Uh, anti flag, anti flag's new record, twenty uh, twenty vision, um, which has a really funny cover. Um, yeah, he's kind of making himself now, like post from first to last, kind of like this um, producer now. Because yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's hung out with John Feldman a lot in the studio with him, and just have learn just all the tips and tricks from doing all those records with drugs and I yeah. think he, they, they just put out a new from first to last like song right it wasn't like an album it was just like a song or something probably i didn't yeah. see I'm, it i think it came out like last year and i'm pretty sure feldman did it so yeah yeah and like him working with feldman i think has worked to his advantage especially like sleeping with is a prime example courses like but not he took like the best of what i think like john Feldman has because some of those can be super poppy and like just you know cookie cutter but i feel like um sleeping with sirens record was really well done and really well thought out um asking alexandria's record is far different um it i i really just kind of like a first impression like i really liked it um it's definitely not something i would like usually like i feel Mm -hmm. um it's very i don't know how else to say it without sounding lame but it's it's like butt rocky kind of okay kind of got like river folk type rock you know what i mean okay um but at the same time like very like you know bro like Kind yes, of that's but the word, then, bro. Yeah, there it is. But it has, um, it does have some really awesome, like, pop and like southern kind of rock elements to it. Hmm. Um, if you liked, like, early, I don't know, like, I feel like there was a big wave of that, like Maylene and the Sons of Disaster, and like, yeah, every time I like that kind of that stuff. Memphis, yeah, Memphis May Fire, those type bands. Um, it's really good uh his voice at first like kind of threw me off it's sounds like kind of imagine dragons e but like i don't know it's really good like it goes really well with this type of music and i don't feel like this music is boring so it kind of like it it, it it kind of boosts the vocals like the music actually enhances the vocals and i felt that that's what i got from it um i mean the vocals are really really good they're really well produced um this whole record's really well produced there's a lot of really cool ideas and um i listened to it over and over so the re-listenability factor was really high for me i was like hey, yeah i feel like going back and listening to it again it was really really well done um guitars are very simple there's a lot of electronic stuff in it um there's like a female guest vocal i can't remember who it was but um that was really cool um uh, liz guest halsey but it wasn't halsey it was like somebody else mm-hmm. um the bass is it hits hard it has a lot of like 808 sounds in it um the drums sound really good, but again, very produced. Like if Matt Good took 
anything from Feldman. It's really produced the heck out of it, you know? Sorry, you're breaking up right um, there. Say that again. Oh, yeah. It's it's really produced. Like, this record is super produced. Gotcha. So, um, I do really like it. It just... The originality factor was a little bit low for me because it does sound like it would just be, like, a couple of the songs sound like, oh, that would be on K-Rock. You know what I mean? I see um, Grace Grundy. Who's is that? Is it, is it, I don't know, but there's one song on here. I don't, I don't need you asking out of Alexandria and yeah, Grace but, Grundy. Yeah. Yeah. That's who it was. And she yeah. helps. I think she helped compose a lot of the stuff to that uh, song, especially. Um, when I think asking Alexandria hot topic just pops in my head right away. It's just, that's yeah. like unofficial special, uh, official sponsor of our band of hot topic. Um, I never got into them. They they were always playing warp tour and I just, they were too, like you said, bro kind of butt rock. Yeah. I don't know. And this one, this yeah. one's really good. I like this one a lot. Um, I, you know, it's funny though, is I was on Instagram the other day and you get those in your stories, you get the kind of ads in between two or three of them. And this ad popped up and there's this band playing on top of a roof and I was like, who the fuck is who are these guys? They're like kind of old and they're dressed like super, like they're trying to be 17 again. And I was like, who the fuck is this? And it was a sponsored ad by um, the, the label. Um, and it did, oh, it, it, it was a terrible scenario? ad because, yeah, it, did, it was a terrible ad because it didn't tell me who it was. Like I had, yeah. to, I had to go search and figure out who this shitty band was. And turns out it was asking, Alexandria, asking Alexandria. And I was like, oh. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah. sorry, dude. Like, I know it was only like a fifteen-second ad on my story, but the, the the song I heard was just garbage. I don't know. It wasn't good to me. I like it. Um, I just feel like they're trying too much to buy, make make fourteen-year-old emo girls buy their records. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's. I I dig it because it definitely. I listened to them a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um. But been for a long time, man. I mean, God bless. They have, them. but I think they've changed a bunch because yeah. their singer doesn't sound like their original singer. Um, but eighty, I gave it an eighty out of a hundred. Wow. Um, I scored a lot of stuff like low though, so like, like originality and stuff like that was pretty low. Their first record was two thousand nine, so been around for a while. Ten years, yeah. But um, I recommend man. just a listen if anything well, I'm gonna could to, be for you, could not be for you. I'll put I'll put some music on the on the episode, so I'll have to force myself to listen to it. <laughs> it's good though; I like it. Um, cool. I'll get into mine. So yeah, so what I reviewed was a band that kind of just popped up. You know, it honestly, might have been on an Instagram story ad just like the asking Alexandria thing um or i can't remember it was on instagram though i I think and this man called belmont popped up and it was the song i forget what song it was but it just i was like oh that's that's kind of cool let me check these guys out and uh checked them up on itunes and they have a a full full length record from a few years ago but they just put out a record in in 2020 is another new record um yeah it's called reflections and uh, they're on Pure Noise. I was trying to find um, credits, trying to figure out who recorded it and all produced it and all that stuff, and I couldn't find anything. It's on all. all the, the record itself is not even on all music. 
Um, so no clue. Um, but these this, these guys are interesting. They're um, it, I was trying to figure out like a few like a handful of bands that I could throw out there that could you know in your mind go oh, okay they kind of sound like that. It was really hard like. Um, Four Year Strong came to mind. They're definitely pop punk influence. That's obvious, um, but they also have very technical like aspects. One band that kind of popped into my mind was Volumes. Do you know Volumes? Uh, yeah, I know Volumes. I'm not a big fan of them. I've seen them live, and I, I, uh, I think a war tour, and I was just I was blown away by like their complexity and stuff, and their their songwriting. I didn't really like the style, but I, I appreciated what they were doing. And these guys, Belmont, kind of have that feel to their stuff. It's kind of chaotic, but in a pop way. And some some of this record is really busy. There's a lot of stuff going on in some of these songs. Very complex. There's guitars and drums and like everyone's just doing stuff. A lot of, a lot of crash cymbals. And then it is like, and then it'll be really calm and i do like that but on the calm parts they're not as complex they like it's almost like they're taking a breather for some of these things and i would wish they were making maybe took like the really powerful parts just down a little bit and then brought up the kind of quieter parts just a little bit a little bit more complexity i don't know but still really good um it's a six six song ep um uh, Data Remember comes to mind too. There's one song in particular. Uh, what's it called? I just had it up. I think it's Mo- Move Along. Um, move Along. Yeah, that's a Data Remember song. Uh, really catchy stuff. Um, I've been humming some of these songs like all week. Uh, let me go down through my scrutiny scale real quick. Um, quality, I gave it a five. Like it's really well produced. You can hear all the instruments pretty well, uh, other than the vocals. Um, I'm myself when i listen to new music i don't really go to the the lyrics and vocals so much i listen to like the vocal lines like the notes they're singing the lyrics don't really hit me so much um but these vocals were really buried in the mix like they're there but the guitars and the drums are like way powerful than the uh the singing um so that was kind of a, a ding on them. Um, what else? Um, but catchy. The, all but the vocals are super catchy. Guitars really complex. Um, a lot of this I just gave straight fours across the board. Um, I didn't really like the album cover too much. It's kind of, kind of, eh. It's kind of, yeah. Not, not too, not too. Uh, nothing to write home about. It's just green. It's got like a TV on it. I don't know. With the word reflections, I feel like you could have done some really cool stuff. Um, but overall, I gave it an 83.5. Um, I'm really stoked. It's it's you know, it's kind of rare to find new bands that um, like our young kids that I get into. You know, you get into an age where like from this time period to this time period is my music and I'm not going to get out of that at all. I'm never going to listen to new, new bands or anything. I mean, these you might not say that out loud, but self-con... Or like, um, not self-consciously self what's the help me out self, self-doubt or no like your inner your inner self that like oh man i lost my train of thought now <laughs> <laughs> i don't know it's just this this album's really good just check it out if you guys if if you like kind of metal pop rock pop uh check them out they're really cool belmont reflections let's go <laughs> next one yeah <laughs> Um, talking. What, what did you, and you, I, did, you did a movie, right? Yeah, I did. Um, I actually watched something on Hulu. I've been 
seeing it like pop up like every time it's gone. It's called Wrinkles the Clown. So I was like, oh, I'm going to check this out. And uh, I was like, I don't know what to expect. Is it oh, like a horror is that, movie? Um, is that directed by um, Bob Goldthwait? No, Michael Beach Nichols and Christopher oh. Walker. Oh, okay. Not walk in, but Walker. That's not the movie. That's not the movie I was thinking of. Go hit me. Um, and Wrinkles a Clown. I didn't know it like the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, it's a dumb clown horror movie. But it's actually a documentary. Um, and it's a documentary uh, like kind of about a lot mm. of things. I feel like it could have been split into like multiple like almost like a docu-series because there were so many angles to it. Um, Essentially, the idea is that there is supposedly this clown that you can hire to scare your naughty kids into being good, essentially. (laughs) And it became this like huge, like kid pop culture phenomenon. Like the whole movie is like just kind of review or uh, interviewing kids like, who are like obsessed with this clown and it kind of goes along with that like folklore when you're younger like slender man was a big thing and um you know all the boogeymen like kind of deal but the ones that like the kids say are real Mm -hmm. um and this guy's actually was market is actually like a real person but kind of kind of spoiler i won't go too far into it but like wrinkles is more of an idea or an art kind of project Mm. less of a like actual person so think banksy sort of but with like performance art performance Um, that's what i was trying to think of yeah and there's actually it's weird it throws you off there's like a twist kind of deal i'm not gonna like give that part away but um it it was it became this huge huge thing with kids like they would replicate them online and um then it went into the whole like well you know parents suck if they can't control their kids so like them calling me to scare them isn't my problem it's their problem i just do it cuz i make money doing it you know basically that idea and it's like Liz and I watched it from like, we, we, you know, we really want to be parents and we watched it from that lens. And it's like, it's, it's borderline abuse to do this to kids, like to like traumatize them with like really, really freaky images like that in real life. Like to me, it's just kids though. Not per se, just kids. I think if they're bad kids, then, then yeah. If they're good kids, then there's no reason to do this to them. <laughs> I just, I just think that like, I, I think we have a different concept of like parenting here in the you know U.S. and it got us talking about like different parenting styles and like in we talked about France. Like if the, if we were in France, this shit wouldn't happen. Like mm-hmm. kids are really well trained with the French philosophy that you're training little adults. Like they, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Um, you're training them to go out into the world. So it's like, that's how they should be treated. And it may seem harsh, but I think America could, you know, do something with that. Um, but I, I feel like it would have traumatized the kid if it would have, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 not afraid of clowns. Like a lot of people are, I'm not a big fan of them, but 
Are are you scared of them? Or are they one of your? No, life? I honestly, I think it's, I, I think it's the like the internal concept we have of clowns that really like plays a role in how we react. Because like I was always presented with clowns as these comedic, kind of dopey, yeah, you know, guys and paint who like just wanted to make people happy. I was never the type that was like, oh shit, like it's gonna come eat me or whatever. It's like it's just <laughs> a guy in, yeah, it's like a guy in face paint. Yeah. Um it movies never freaked me out. Like no. I just I, I I don't get it. I don't get the fear, but it is a true fear, I guess. Yeah. Um I mean I I get it. But I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> the, well, the way they explain it at the beginning of, of Wrinkles the Clown is they're saying like people are afraid because it's it's kind of an unknown. Like they, you don't know what's behind the paint. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they, they they paint their face and it's like they could be anybody. You know what yeah. I mean? But they put that mask on and then they're a different like the person. Yeah, and <laughs> they actually showed like Joker and and it again way too much was happening it talked about parenting then it talked about like the phenomenon on youtube that was wrinkles and then they brought this like banksy guy in and then they talked about it was like way too much i feel like it should have been like a series and it should have kind of explored each part of like who wrinkles is um the sound wasn't great it was just ambient music uh, cinematography was pretty good, um, for a documentary, especially one I'd never heard of, um, acting the the people who are into, in that clown, you know, costume definitely dedicated. So <laughs> I, uh, definitely give them that. And then the writing was really good cause it had like really interesting points. It just couldn't deep dive. It was like this, 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 this. And it's like, well, if we could sit here and watch a series, it would be better. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but overall, um, it left me really wanting more like to dive into each segment as opposed to just kind of throwing everything at me at once and not letting me digest it. Um, I'm not going to watch it again, I don't think. Uh, but I think they did uh, accomplish what they set out for. They showed like the phenomenon that was wrinkles, mm-hmm. um, is wrinkles. Um, you should definitely watch it. It's interesting, but it will fly by cause it's so much information. You said Hulu. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Uh, really, really good. Nice. Um, I gave it a 69%. Um, <laughs> ha 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 ha. But it just, it didn't, it didn't do for me like what I really wanted from it. Like mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted more like thought provoking material and it was just kind of like meh fell flat. Gotcha. But, um, it's worth a watch for sure. Cause it's so short. It's like an hour and 20 something minutes. So the movie, movie I was thinking of was shakes the clown. Oh, got it. Bobcat Goldthwait. I thought it was the same thing. Cause it's kind of you know, shakes wrinkles the clown. Nice. Yeah. I might check it out on Hulu, right? Yeah. Yes, Hulu. Yep. I just got Hulu again, so I'll check it out. I reviewed three movies, <laughs> but it's a trilogy. Um, was bored the other day during quarantine and decided to watch the quote-unquote Fallen trilogy. Not not the Denzel Washington movie, but the Olympus Has Fallen, London, London oh, got Fallen, it. Angel Has Fallen. Um, all three movies. because It's all the same guy. Uh, Gerard Butler, Morgan Freeman's in there. Um, 
I'd never seen him. I, I mean, the boy's been like in my radar, um, but never seemed interesting to me. Um, and I always thought that they were like PG 13 action movies and they're not, they're rated R they're pretty, especially the first one is pretty rough and they curse a lot. So I was very like, Whoa, I was not expecting that. This is, this is very much, uh, these movies are very much in the same vein as uh die hard. It's, you know, guy, uh, secret service guy put in a spot to save the situation, terrorists, bad guys, you know, same, same old, same old, but Good old action, but it's fun to watch. You know, it's uh, nothing against it. I like as a dude, I like, you know, Gerard Butler kicking ass and shooting terrorists and saving the president. And that's basically, the, sorry, Gerard Butler's who's the other guy that used to be in like action movies he kind of disappeared. I think he's British and he was in like some movie called like 21 guns or some, Oh, what was that guy's name? Um, oh, I don't remember his name. I don't know if it was 21 guns, but well, it was like, about, you think about it while I talk about this. I will. Um, so yeah, I started out with Olympus has fallen. Um, that's on Netflix. Um, I, I, I did a screening scale for all three movies or like combined them all into one screening scale. Cause I'm not going to do three individual ones. <laughs> they don't deserve that anyways. Um, because they're basically all the same, although they are directed by three different directors. Um, but I, they are like the brainchild of Gerard Butler and this guy named Creighton Gothenburger. He's he's he wrote all of them, so he's kind of like the main dude. But um, the first one was directed by Antoine Fakwa, who has gone on to do some really cool things. Um, the second was um, he did Olympus. London has fallen. Was Babak Nafa. <laughs> I'm terrible at this. And, and Angels Fallen was Rick Roman Ra, a Wa. Um, so it's kind of, and you can definitely tell that they all have like a different tone, all three movies. Um, my favorite out of all of them, I liked Olympus, the first one. Um, yeah. It was American, the White House, seeing all the monuments fall and, and shit like that. And, and I just wasn't expecting such a violent, like, r-rated movie i was expecting way less um so i liked that one um london was cool um i and angel was like kind of my least favorite it was just they were kind of reaching for uh, straws a little bit but um uh overall music you know action movie not too many songs you're going to recognize mostly just you know tones and making you feel tension and stuff um but it was it was quality and the, the scenes were good um it, it looked good. The movies looked all right. A lot of CGI, um, a lot of CGI, um, but uh, a lot of good fight work, you know, kind of John Wick. A lot of John Wick stuff seemed like it was in here. Um, Jar Butler, you know, God bless him. He put his heart out into it. I think he definitely put his dedication into it. But it, I, as, as much as I say that, it kind of felt by the end of the Angels Fallen this kind of was a cash grab. They were thinking yeah. that they had, and they made some money over it. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, overall, I gave the whole series a sixty, and I'm pretty good with that. You know, it's it's not Academy Award winning type cinema, but it's a nice, cool summer action movies where you know it's not. There's no romance really in any of it. Well, the first one he has like Jar Brother has a wife, but every movie is kind of bookended by the romantic side in between is just him saving people and fighting. Um, but, uh, yeah, 60, I think it's a pretty good score. So, but then I looked at the budget, uh, the first one Olympus has fallen, uh, cost 70 million to make 
170 million worldwide. So big success. Let's do a second one. But the second one, they lowered the budget to 60 million, but it went up on uh, how much money it made. It made 205 million. Worldwide. Holy crap. Yeah. You know, a bit a way better investment. And so they, they probably thought, Oh, well let's do the third one even less. So let's do 40 million. And this time it didn't work what? so well, but they still, it was still success. $147 million. So still made bank on those. Yeah. Close probably kind of close to half a billion dollar um, uh, franchise basically. So there you go. I was just, you know, bored. And the other thing that kind of pissed me off though, it's not so much probably the movie's fault, but Olympus has fallen and Angel has fallen. The first and the last one are on Netflix, but London has fallen isn't. And that's it, so stupid. Like who, why couldn't a Netflix you can't, just, like not complete the trilogy? Right. And then like the other day, like on Netflix, they finally have all three back to futures, but for like when they first put them on only the third one was on there. And then, then it was like the second one. And then the first one was the last one they put on. The it third like, one isn't even the best what one. The fuck? Yeah, what the I heck? watched, I watched those <laughs> again. I watched those again recently. Um, but yeah, ain't the fallen trilogy. They're fun. Action back. So super awesome. Let's get into, uh, some instruments. Yeah. So today we're talking about some, some of the instruments we've played over the years and like we'll kind of some of the ones to. we like to learn and, um, just play with. Love to pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So start off, let's do our, uh, the ones we've, we, we've had. All right. So, um, when I was, I started playing in bands when I was like nine or eight or something. Um, got a bass guitar and that's all I played. And then I was like kind of bored of bass. And I told my dad, like, I want to keep the bass, but I really like guitar, you know? So I wanted to play it. So he bought me a sparkly green Squire strap, but I swear it played like a fender. Like, I don't know if it was like a deluxe strat or something, but it sounded great. Well, I remember gut, it sounded really good. Basically like the guts of those things are yeah. kind of like, strats but it's just like the wood and the and how they're put together is the kind of cheap version of them yeah yeah so i remember being you know playing and like covering like blink songs and stuff like that and just jamming out learning guitar on that um then we owned a rickenbacker like a rickenbacker 360 i think it was and that's a beautiful guitar but my dad at that point had to like get rid of it for like money purposes so we got rid of the Rickenbacker, um, but the Rick Rickenbacker is a great guitar. Um, super vintage. Cheap. No, they're not. They're no. beautiful though. I looked into into bases when I was buying my bass, and I was just like, "Oh, that's how much those are." Okay, never mind. Let's move on to Fender. Yeah. <laughs> I stuck to uh, um, the, the I stuck to one thing about them though is that their headstocks are not headstocks. Their necks, the neck is super narrow. So it mm -hmm. like, I have a hard time playing like narrow necked guitars. Like really, I don't know. My hands get all like cramped up. Yeah. But, um, and, and then in high school I joined, you know, the Gamgees, like, which was a punk, you know, the punk band we played in. So um, wait, I had is, a, is it, so you're, Squire and the Rickenbacker are like one and two or five and four. Are you, are you uh numbering? Yeah, it's like five and four. Those are ones I owned. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, then I had a really cheap Schecter 
Um, it wasn't, it wasn't a good guitar. Schecter makes really good guitars, but this was one of their low ends and it was just like falling apart. Well, then why is it on your list? Well, it's, it's just instruments I went through as a, you know, oh, as a no, kid. no, that's not what I wanted. I want, let's do like the, our favorite ones we've owned. Okay. Not, the like, favorite the of all your, I can all right, well, go on forever. It was, it was pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Well, that's kind of what I did. I did like four different ones, but Squire was like my top. Uh, the Rickenbacker was right after that. That's like um, your, your Squire was like your number one favorite instrument girl. Like you've ever had growing up. Yeah. Now, um, at this point though, probably my Fender Jaguar. That's what uh, I meant. Like take up, take up all the instruments you've ever had and make your top five. That's all what right. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, my Jaguar is my fave. And then okay. the Squire comes right below that. Okay. Um, and then I, just, I, I wasn't sure if you wanted to put Squire as number one. I built, yeah. <laughs> Some I musicians built, are going to laugh at that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, but I know I understand like the sentimental value. To yeah. It I, I it's kind of like that. Yeah. And then I got a, um, one of one of the other one of my other favorites is one that I built like a custom one oh, wow. that me and my dad built together. It's a um, it's a baritone. I still have it. It's a um, it's like a Fender Jazzmaster body, and then I um, I put a baritone neck on it, and then I have some oh what is it with a pickup Lawler pickups. So I have Lawler is an awesome brand of pickup they're really boutique and like expensive but they're um they're beautiful sounding that guitar is uh, almost sounds like a bass is that the but, one that's in, in the studio uh-huh yeah okay i painted cool. it it's not the paint job's not great because i did it by hand but i like that about it so <laughs> yeah i didn't want it. it to i didn't want it to be perfect i, I told my dad like i want it to look like i like went into a pawn shop and found like an old guitar you know what i mean it, <laughs> kind of what it looks like. I even like kind of like sanded it in places. So it kind of looks like worn. Um, I also, uh, what's my, my other guitar that I really, really like is, um, it, it's called a dream studios guitar. It was this company. I, I didn't even know existed until Nam. Um, one year Alex was at Nam and he was like, Hey, like they have this really cool boutique guitar. And I'd been in the, um, kind of market for one. And it's a, it's a six string, but it has a EMG pickup on it. Um, okay. and kind of almost like a telly body sort of. Um, but it's, it's, it's a voodoo. It's called the, it's called dream guitars voodoo. And it's, it was designed, um, for one of the, I think his name's Eddie from the voodoo goal schools. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a really, really solid guitar. It feels really, really well made and it, um, it's really loud and like punk sounding. So mm -hmm. I, I have that tuned down to, I think D standard and that one is, it plays like a dream. It's just like, it, it's a lower sounding guitar, but it still plays like a punk guitar. I like that a lot. Nice. But those are my top ones. Um, I have one coming in right now that I anticipate will be yeah, it's not know, so much one a dream. of my favorites. It's not so much a dream anymore. It's, it's a reality. Yeah. Uh, the next one that's coming in is an ESP. 
LTD uh, seven string. I've always, you know, dreamt of playing one. So I bought one. So I anticipate that'll be on that list. I can't wait to play with it when I'm over there for sure. <laughs> Eventually. Nice. Well, uh, my five, um, I'm going to go five, four, three, two, one. Um, my five was my first guitar. Well, actually, no, it's not technically my, my first guitar was this old silver tone. It's an old type of guitar that, um, like Sears used to sell. I still have that. Nice. Um, but my real like first guitar was this, uh, was a Fender Strat. Um, it was an American, and it was kind of pieced together. Um, <clears throat> what what I heard like from my aunt and the, the guy that she bought it from, it was technically like a Japanese Strat. Oh, it, dude, those are went, rare. And it, but I don't know how like true that was. Um, but that's what the story always was. And it was really cool, like teal color. And that's what I played for many, many, many years. I still have it somewhere. It's still it's kind of beat up. I had some one of my drummer's dad try to fix the uh, the input and he did something really stupid to it. So I gotta get it fixed. But uh yeah, that was my uh my first guitar. And then um when I was in high school, I was in junior high and elementary school, I played trumpet and uh, I was pretty damn good, especially like towards senior year. Um, I was like section leader and jazz band president and stuff. And, um, my mom, I, I had growing up, um, for most of the time I had my grandpa's old trumpet, which was pretty good. It was like this old gold one. And then, um, finally my mom was like, you're really good at this. Let's upgrade your trumpet. And so she went out and got me this brand new Getson trumpet and it was silver. I still have it too. Um, and it play like it plays like a dream. Um, it's it the more expensive ones out there, like the box. Um, my my friend in high school had one of those, and those are just amazing. This is like kind of like this couple steps below that. It was still wasn't cheap, um, but I love that thing. And I actually got I was able to kind of hand it down to my niece Madison, who plays. She doesn't play too much anymore. She's more focused on softball and photography, which I'm okay with, but she did play trumpet for, for a few years and was really good. It's kind of bummed she uh, quit, but uh, I got it back. And then um, my third one was my first acoustic guitar, my Taylor, my little baby Taylor wrote almost every song for a long time on that thing in the bathroom, taking shits I'd bring my guitar in with me <laughs> before cell phones. I needed something to do while I was taking a shit. And I wrote so many songs in the bathroom. And, um, tragically when I lived in San Diego, um, I, I had my own room and I was actually not in San Diego at the time. I went to orange County to visit my family, came back and they had a party and someone had got a hold of my acoustic and destroyed it. And left it in my room, just dismantled. And no one ever told, never copped up to it. No one ever like even really apologized, paid for it. I just was out a fucking guitar and never had it accused of guitar since then. Actually kind of in the market. So it was always tragic because it was a fucking beautiful guitar. It was Taylor's man. It's like the best acoustics. Um, And then my number two was uh, my American P bass, American P bass. um, This time it was a white, um, and I wanted to eventually make, uh, get all the accessories and pick cards and everything black and gold. So it was white, black and gold, but never got to it. Had to sell it eventually. Um, but I, I rocked that thing for a lot, a long time. Did most of the, uh, greater heights records on that, I think. And, 
Yeah, I love that thing. And then my number one, it's kind of a cheat. It's not an instrument, but it was my prized possession for a very long time. And I'm so bummed that I had to sell it, but I had to sell it to to record. And it was my Mesa Boogie dual rectifier. Oh, dude. Yeah, that thing is awesome. But that thing, uh, I was in high school, I guess. Um, And my great grandmother passed away in England. And, um, she left me like six grand or something. And my mom let me go buy a brand new Mesa boogie dual rectifier from guitar center. No questions. Asked. Those like, things run like what? 1500 or something, right? Something like that. I haven't checked in a while, but yeah, it was, and I got some other accessories too. I had some little bit of cash left over, but yeah, I mean the head was like probably two grand and the, the cab was probably like a grand or something like that. But yeah, eventually That's I had a great amp. Yeah. yeah, it was like the best, especially at the time, like 2000s, like every band had uh, either a Mesa Boogie and an Orange and then Ampeg SVT Classic. Like that For was it. Sure. That was it. <laughs> so that was my top five. Uh, let's get into your uh, your top five dream instruments. So, yeah. So I, like amp, my, I guess I didn't clarify. I mean, amps kind of are in the same vein. So if you have any amps or anything you want to add in, like I totally get it. Yeah. Well, my, so my, my, uh, my top instruments are some that I'm like curious to like pick up and play as well. Yes, me too. Um, yeah. One is number. Well, I guess I should say like my bottom. Yeah. Start from the bottom. But that doesn't mean anything because I love all these. Uh, Les Paul, like a gold top, is like my dream guitar. Like a like a oh, they're so beautiful. Les Paul yeah. gold tops. Um, I love gold on guitars. I it love looks, gold. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I like it more like an accent. I don't like. The, that being the primary color of anything. It's so but, cool. Yeah. I, I think it's like, uh, like overkill. And I love that about it. It's like <laughs> going to be a rock bougie. star fucking rock out. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like my dream guitar. Um, but it's yeah. just really expensive. Yeah. Um, I would, th- some of the things I'd like to learn are banjo, like banjo would be my next step up. It was like, I want to buy a banjo and play. I've only played it like a quote unquote banjo once. It was actually not a real banjo. It was a, it was set up like a banjo, but the, the, you know, like halfway through the neck, it's got that other tuning. Yeah. Didn't have that. It was like set up like a a guitar. It had, I want to say like six strings on it. So you could play like like a banjo, but you could play it like a guitar, like tuning. That's super cool. And we, we hooked it up to my Mesa boogie. (laughs) <laughs> it was like the worst sound ever. It sounded it was like, like ass. Oh, uh, but it was interesting because yeah, because it had a, a jack on it and input. <laughs> yeah, that's I, my I, only uh, experience with banjos. Yeah, I've I found that banjo is just really rad in rock. Like when they when they incorporate it, like even if I don't like some of the stuff they play on uh, K rock, especially now. Um, they had some songs back in the day, like Mumford and Sons, where it was like kind of like a rock band, but they like had, you know, their, their banjo in there. And that sounded killer. I like that a lot. That's a good um, one. I should have put that on my list. I didn't even think about that. That's a good one. Yeah. Next step up would be a uh, jazz trumpet. I've always wanted to learn trumpet, but like Miles Davis status. Dude, like, you could, I'll let you borrow mine. He's super cool. I, I don't know. I, it, 
seems really difficult. Like, and I'm already trying to like learn stuff, well, but you're more than welcome to, to it's just sitting in my living room right now. Maybe I will. Maybe it's more, it's, will. it's, it's, it's a lot about your lip. Yeah. The, the, the fingerings are not that hard. Like you, the, I can, I can still do a C scale in my head. Um, like with my fingers, like it's, it's never left, but the lip you re- if you really want to be a good trumpet player, you got to just do it all the time and almost have like calluses on your lips. Cause you do it so much. If I did it right now, I'd be, t- I'd be tired in less than five minutes trying to like hit high notes and stuff. Yeah. But I love jazz, like lounge jazz. It just, it's yeah. Dude, I got mutes so and beautiful. everything, dude. That was one thing I, when I was in high school, um, uh, uh, the last, my junior and senior year, I played bass in jazz, but my uh, freshman and, and sophomore year, I played trumpet and we were able to, uh, go and record at the crystal cathedral. And that was fun because I've always like recorded with my guitars and basses and like rock bands, but it was definitely an interesting recording process of doing jazz. Like, yeah, it was, it was cool. Okay. It's all and about then, the, your lip and your ear. Sorry, continue. I can go on about trumpets still, all day. <laughs> I have a, I have a few more, but um, yeah. kind of cheated. But I'd love to learn how to play violin, but like yeah. fiddle style, where yeah, like yeah. super fast. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I think violin is one of the most expressive and beautiful. You heard of a uh, uh, Lindsey you know? Sterling? I have not. Dude, you should look Lindsay Sterling up. She's rad. I've worked on a few of her music videos and she's a violin player and, but she like dances and stuff too. And then she like does covers and does um, like collabs with pop artists and stuff, but she's all fiddle and violin and stuff. And she's Super really cool. fucking cute too. I got a big <laughs> crush on Lindsay Sterling. So there you yeah. go. You like violin. Check um, the, I have a couple more hurdy gurdy. Is I've heard of that. What is that? Something is something I really want to like pick up and mess with, but it's a <laughs> sort of like a guitar or a guitar, sorry, oh. violin. Oh, um, okay. And you play it with a crank, and then you use your feet. You like you you like it's kind of like a crank with a handle on it, and then you you use your fingers to kind of you know play the notes with the other What's hand. What's it called again? It's called a hurdy gurdy, H U R D Y, and then G U R D Y. It kind of sounds like a like oh, okay. a violin. It kind of looks like, kind of, yeah. It's kind of like a music box attached to a mandolin, kind of. Yeah, and it's kind of nasally sounding. But there's a band, um, a, a folk metal band that <laughs> I went to see with Andrew. We went to something called Pagan Fest, and one of the bands <laughs> that played was called El Waiti. Um, and El Waiti has a hurdy gurdy player. And it's so dope. They play this heavy ass freaking metal, but then they have like a hurdy gurdy in it. It's super <laughs> cool. And it's just a fun thing to say. Hurdy gurdy. Hurdy And it's, it, I've always wanted to like pick one up and mess with it. Yeah. And then, fun. Of course at the top, when it, probably at the top of my list is a saxophone. I really want to learn how to play saxophone. Wow. Uh, I, I didn't know this about you. All these instruments yeah. you want to learn. But there's yeah, so much music so little time as a, as a brass man uh i look down on the woodwinds um they're inferior they're not as good as brass the brass actually acts you know definitely holds up the entire orchestra no one can question that <laughs> all the woodwind people are getting pissed off right now <laughs> that was like a thing you know it was always brass versus woodwind and um yeah these saxophones are rad you know i out of, out of all the saxophone type 
types, I would probably choose. Um, I like alto. Uh, no, I was thinking the, the deeper one is um, tenor. Tenor sax. Nope, the one below that one. Bass. bass? No, it's not bass sax though. It's called a. Uh, in one of my jazz bands in high school, we had a really good guy that played that. He was amazing at trumpet or at, at saxophone. Damn it! What's that called? The deepest of all saxophones. It's not a tenor. I guess it is called a bass, a bass sax, and pass a bass saxophone. So there was another word for it though. Baritone, baritone. So you said, yeah. No, I've I've talked about baritone guitar earlier. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. It's baritone sax. Sorry. Well, I yeah, like the, baritone. Baritone's awesome. It why just, why saxophone, man? Your number I, one? Like, I, okay, so I love how expressive and how many emotions you can use in certain instruments and saxophone. Like, you can like put your soul into that, like the trumpet very much like in violin as well, but like, just like you breathe through it and it just has this like deep, like sexy sound to it. You know what I mean? Like, I just like that about it. Um, it makes the entire lethal weapon franchise that saxophone for that whole movie. That's that's it. Yeah. And Lisa Simpson plays one. I, she plays a baritone. Yeah. She's the big guy. She does like, uh, (laughs) But, but, you know, you have like with the trumpet, I think it's kind of, they're kind of equal for me, but like the trumpet was beautiful. Cause I, I love jazz, like yeah, this soft jazz, like Miles Davis style. Dude, Chet um, Baker. That was my guy in high school it was Chet so Baker. Good. Yeah. One thing I, I, yeah. I didn't learn while playing trumpet. I, sh- I should, I mean, I, I, I understood it, but I've, I found out later in life that it, it really was about, it wasn't about how you press the the notes, the valves. It was your lip. It was your ear. You really had yeah. like, the valves help you get to those notes, but man, the way you really had to, because you, even if you, press down a valve, you can make a note go flat or sharp very easily just by changing like your jaw and your lip and even your pressure of, you know, how you're blowing and stuff. So I, I wish I, I wish I would have known, like, like practice that more when I was younger, like the, t- like really focusing on, um, like perfect pitch. Like you can kind of yeah. train yourself to get perfect pitch and, uh, that's, that helps for sure. But yeah, I, I think, and um, I think that like jazz kind of inspired everything for me. I just like, I've always loved it, you know, very unappreciated. I know. I understand that some people might think it's boring time to time, but if you think, if you listen, if you listen to 80.1, that's the jazz station out here. No, oh, heck yeah. You listen to some of these recordings and you're like, wow, that sounds so good. And then you go, holy shit, that was live. Oh, yeah what they did that live it's like yeah that's that's how that's how you're supposed to do it <laughs> now let's, sure. let's, there's no auto-tune in jazz <laughs> at least not now at least not yet <laughs> i'm sure someone's probably done it <laughs> <laughs> nice all right well, let me get into my my uh my list real quick um my number five, since I sold my Mesa boogie way back in the day, I'm putting it back on my list. <laughs> number five, one, one thing I've always wanted again was my Mesa boogie half, uh, half stack. Uh, so that was my number five. Um, my number four is, um, oh, actually, you know what? I only did four. 
Yeah, that's fine. I did a bunch. No, that's fine. I'm going to add banjo to number four because I didn't even think about that. That was a good one. Banjo is definitely like a real banjo with like the real tuning thing and everything. My buddy Seth that I work with up in LA, he's a really good banjo player. And it's so random because he doesn't, I didn't know that for the longest time. I was like, wait, you play banjo? What the fuck? That's a random instrument to learn. It's one uh, of those things where you can like just pull out and play and it you don't need other people. It's well, just it's, but it's not like a guitar though. It's the, the strings are tuned. You have to learn. It's kind of like ukulele. You have to learn some new kind of fingerings and stuff. Um, so yeah, banjo. We were talking about that. Number three though. I think I've talked about it on the podcast uh, way back in the day. It might even be before we were on iTunes when we were doing like practice episodes. But uh, my number, this is, it's always been on my list. It's, it's Ben Franklin's glass harmonica, or it's also called a harmonica. And it's basically, you know, you, you see the glass, the crystal glass guys that put their finger around it and can do tones, yeah. waters and stuff. So it's that concept, but all the glasses are turned on their side and, and they're not really glasses anymore. And it's set up like a piano and the glasses spin by themselves with a motor and underneath right underneath it is just a little layer of water and then the person uses water dips their fingers in water and they can instead of like with the glass people like individually they can't do really chords at a time it's very individually because you can't do multiple fingers running around with this you can do literally like full chords like a piano and it's just this weirdest sound very mesmerizing and a lot of people back in the day used it to like calm their patients and and would it was kind of like an event people would come over if someone had at their house and they'd have these people play these glass harmonicas and it's just a really cool sound if you look go on youtube you can you can look it up there's some pretty cool um videos that people still do it the only problem is you have to find a glass maker to make it it's not like it's because they have to be precise glass, uh, crystal, whatever sizes. It's not something you can go buy at guitar center or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's always been on my list. Um, my number two is a theremin. Oh yeah. We talked about that last week. Little UFO sounding thing. You've definitely heard it in movies. Um, super cool. It's so weird. It's like an instrument that I've never even seen in person. I would love just to be in person and just fuck around with it because it's again with like your trumpet or saxophone, you have to have an ear. You really have to yeah. know pitch and how to control it. And it's you use your hands over and in, in basically in the air, there's like a little box and there's like a, a almost like a car antenna that comes out of it. And some kind of radio waves. I don't even know how it works frequencies, but it, in the air around it, you can manipulate the sound and make weird stuff. And it's hard to do, um, that, that I've heard. I've seen videos of like, um, what do you call people that are like really good at their virtuoso? Virtuoso. Yeah. Like um, just good at everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my number one is actually a guitar. It's always been my number one guitar I've always wanted. I had the poster of it in my room um, and it had a really nice sexy lady holding it. And my mom always thought that I had it on my room because of the lady. And I told her, no, it's, that's, it's that helps. <laughs> but it, I'm, I wanted to see the guitar. That's the, the guitar is the whole part. Like, and it was the Schecter Tempest. 
and I'm sure they've made newer versions since then. Um, and I know there's better guitars out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Schecter is like, they're, they're pretty good, but they're no like Gibson or even high end like fenders, but well, they just, make really good ones though. Yeah. yeah. They've definitely come a long way from like the, when I first, cause this was like in high school when I, that first Tempest came out and uh white, just like, just, just like how I had my base white, I would do white with black and gold trim. That's what I would do. I would hook it up to my new Mesa boogie dual rectifier. <laughs> That's awesome. It's probably super, super heavy guitar. Yeah. I, oh yeah. It's a, that's a beautiful guitar. It, like it looks really classy. I'm, sh- I'm sure they've probably made newer versions. Um, since it has like this kind of similar shape in all of these, it, it like, yeah. it almost looks like a Gibson. Yeah, it really does. Except that, that like kind of that, you know, the cutaway is a little yeah. bit different, mm-hmm. but that's super cool. Yeah. Oh, I like the white one. The white that's, one looks really dope. Even like in like a, um, not, not, well, stri- not stripe uh, white, but like, um, that like off white, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that cream color cream. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You're sexy. Cool. Well, those are our, uh, favorite instruments we've had and want to own someday. I know fun. I'm looking, looking forward to trying some new stuff out. I like, yeah. I, Get some I love recording. music. Your recording setups now. Let's, let's, uh, let's collaborate, man. I'll send you some tracks and yeah. you throw some guitars on there. Jam out, dude. You, have, you, you have a bass. I don't, I have a baritone that could be used as a bass. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Just throw it on the, uh, uh, bass plug. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I have my, um, I have a, the, my baritone has really cool, like Lawler pickup for like the, um, the neck pickup and it sounds really deep and bassy. Nice. Well, let's do it for sure. Let me know when that guitar comes in. I want to see it. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> back ordered right now, but, um, um, apparently really popular guitar, but I'm like, so stoked for it. Nice. I've been wanting to learn seven string and like shredding <laughs> and stuff. So I'm like, might as well do it now. <laughs> yeah. It's not even like, it, it, it's not something that's like necessary to learn, but I'm like, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, normal stuff. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, the so, so screwing podcast. Give us a shout out message us say hi we're trying to yeah for sure we're trying to um i'm trying to get a store all set up so you can order like yes i want to talk to you about that after we're done here i got some i got some ideas sure. um what else rate and review on itunes we're on spotify and most importantly tell a friend um unofficial sponsors again bones coffee tea hava um what else be nice be nice to each other please yes love each other and um support people who don't have a voice right now and be behind them i know this might be yeah exactly i might this might not be a uh, the most um agreeable thing to say right now but coming from a family of police officers if you see a police officer out say thank you thank you thank them for their service I, that's how i approach it if you hate cops then just don't talk to them that's that's your thing but i some of these cops aren't really bad guys and they're they there's some really true heroes out there and they they need to be appreciated sometimes but this whole thing i'm trying to stay out as much as i can but that's my two cents i just i wish mm-hmm. i wish everyone happy and love that's all 
it's tough, but we'll get through it. Um, what else? Anything else? Any last thoughts, Corey? Nope. Um, that's about it. Just make sure you tell a friend and, um, yeah, that's about it. Cool. All right. It's been the So So Scrooge Podcast. I'm Robert. I'm Corey. All right. See you guys. See ya. Like a house on fire Like a house on fire